0: now, are you ready for some word? Yeah. Praise God well I have was looking forward to this series for quite some time and uh, um, hard to believe that it's almost over now and uh, so I have been so excited to uh, to share these things with you today and and uh, over the last four weeks, and, and uh, so let's, let's just lift one hand together, and let's say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I thank you that I am good ground for the word, and I believe that as I receive the word today, it will take root in my heart and it will grow up and it will produce good fruit in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. But we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and I've been sharing with you from uh, from my book uh, that was just released a few weeks ago that we had quite the the difficult time getting those in and available to you, but they are here now. So um, I think most of you probably already have it. If you don't, uh, uh, those are available this morning. But uh, uh, I want to just begin today talking about out of Genesis, the second chapter, the seventh verse, it says that God created man from the dust of the earth and he breathed into him. The breath of life. And that word breath could also be translated as spirit. He breathed into him the spirit of life, and he became a living being. And so, uh, from the very beginning, God intended for you, he intended for Adam, and he intended for you to be spirit-filled. Who believes that? Who believes God intended for you to be spirit filled? Praise God. That was his plan from the very beginning. He wants you spirit filled. Uh, He did not ever intend for Adam or you to go through this life separated from the Spirit of God. He wanted you to have the Spirit on the inside of you. Praise God. That he would be with you and abide with you forever, and we know what happened with the fall. How that that Adam uh, really, if we get right down to it, what the fall amounted to was Adam declared his independence from God. Declared, I, I, I can. You created me to be. The ruler of this place, which he did, God God intended for Adam to rule the earth, told him, have dominion, didn't he? All right, so he said, have dominion. So he intended for Adam, he intended for the human race to rule this place. But Adam decided, I am going to declare my independence from God, and I'm going to do it my way. And he ate the fruit that God had commanded him not to eat of. And that day, he died. He became separated from the life of God. And uh, God began immediately to restore the relationship between man and God. Praise God. And so, uh, for 4,000 years... He began to talk about the plan. Started talking about it all the way through, 4,000 years. Then the scripture says, when the fullness of time had come, he sent forth his son into the world. He sent Jesus into the world. And Jesus became the plan to restore man back to God. And so today, there is no reason For you to be separated, there is no reason for you to not have a relationship with God because Jesus came and He removed every obstacle, everything that was in the way, everything that was hindering that relationship with God and man. He came and He restored that. Praise God. Now, I want us to look at John chapter 16. Jesus is speaking to His disciples here. John chapter 16, verse number 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, notice what Jesus said there. He said, I've got many things to say to you, but as of right now, you're not able to bear it. Now, let's bear in mind that this was prior to Jesus going to the cross. And so Jesus is talking to his disciples who were not born again. They couldn't be. Jesus was the firstborn, and he had not yet risen from the dead. He hadn't been crucified yet, so he hadn't been risen from the dead. And so his disciples, they are not born-again men. You have an advantage over them because you now have been restored in your relationship and in your life with Holy Spirit resident on the inside of you. That's an advantage, praise God. And if you have not received the Holy Spirit, if you have not been born again, then today is your day, praise God. Today is the day that you are hearing the Word which will change your life forever. So pay very careful attention today today. This is not an ordinary day for you. You woke up this morning, and I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in the room today or several people in the room, or if I'm just talking to people through those cameras today that have never received Jesus as their Savior, who have never been born again. This is your appointed day. Praise God. This is the day that you get to rise from the dead. This is the day that the life of God can enter back on the inside of you, praise God. And we're going to tell you how that happens today, praise God. So stay with me and, and, and uh, give me very careful attention today. You don't want to miss anything I've got to say to you today, praise God. And it's this, But this is not just for people that have not been born again, today's message is, is for everybody, praise God, because Holy Spirit wants to do some things in and through you, and uh, we've got to understand some things so that 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 God's best can happen in your life, praise God. Jesus said, "I've got some things to say to you, but as of this moment, you guys can't bear it. You cannot." You don't have the capacity to comprehend what I would like to tell you. And so, uh, you know, I believe that Jesus wanted to tell them about Christ in you. That, that, you know, the, the scripture says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Praise God. And Jesus wanted to tell them about Christ in you, but they could not comprehend that. Praise God. They had no, no point of reference. They could not understand what was going to happen to them not too far in the distant future after, uh, after Jesus is talking to them that day. Not too long after that, Jesus went to the cross. He rose again from the dead. He became the firstborn among many brethren. Praise God. And then, see, it's interesting that just a few days after Jesus went back to heaven, there were 120 of them that were gathered together in the upper room. We talked about this, how the Holy Spirit suddenly came. Praise God. And there was in, the, in that room that day, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. What happened in the beginning? God breathed into them the breath of life. On the day of Pentecost, God breathed into them once again the breath of life. And they, be, they became living beings again. Now, you say, well, that, so were they dead there? Spiritually, yes, they were dead. Physically, they were alive. But spiritually, they were dead. But that day, God breathed into them the breath of life, praise God, just like he did at the very beginning. He breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living being. Praise God. Now, let's let's move on here just a little bit. Um, You know, Holy Spirit um, came to empower you. Praise God. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 16, it says that he would grant to you, notice this is the Apostle Paul's prayer for uh, the church at Ephesus, but it's also his prayer for you and I. He says that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. In the inner man, that Christ, that word Christ means the anointed, or the anointing, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you be filled with all the fullness of God. Now notice he says, the fullness of God. I like to say this, that when you received the Holy Spirit, you did not receive a little bit of God, just a little piece of God. I always say this: You didn't get Holy Spirit Junior. You didn't get Little Holy Spirit, Many Me Holy Spirit. You got the fullness of God. This is what He says. You know that that uh, we say, "Lord, I want more of You." Well, there ain't no more of Him. There's no more. Why? Because He, the whole Thing, the whole God filled you on the inside. Yeah, he's, he, he came to dwell on the inside of you. And he didn't give you, he didn't shortchange you and just give you a little bit. He says that you be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, if they were born again, if the Ephesian church, if they were born again then they were already filled with the fullness of God. But when Paul prayed that for them, he wasn't praying that they would get filled with the Spirit. He was praying that they would recognize that they are filled with the Spirit. Praise God. And if you're born again here today, I don't pray for you to be filled with the Spirit. I pray for you to recognize and understand what you're filled with. Praise God. To understand that you're filled with the fullness of God. Praise God. Um, You know, uh, this indwelling spirit came to empower you. Praise God. Came to empower you and to give you the ability, God's ability. Now, what we've got to recognize, and this is the overarching theme of the book, Now, I I couldn't preach the whole book to you. Uh, It would take quite some time. Uh, But I wanted to kind of give you the overview of what this this whole thing is about. It is about learning to recognize the God in you. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the fullness of God. That means you have His mind You have his ability, you have his strength, you have his power, you have his his might working in you. Jesus said, I'm going to go away. But when I go away, God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, is going to come and he's going to dwell in you. He said, we will come and we will make our home in you. Praise God. And you will be filled with all the fullness of God so that there is nothing lacking. The the only thing lacking is our understanding of what happened to us. Praise God. And I want you to understand that you have entered into a divine partnership with God. God anointed, Acts chapter 10, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God, the Holy Spirit, came and worked with Jesus, and Jesus said, He's going to come and He's going to work with you just like He worked with me. Praise God. See, sometimes we think, well, I I don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the strength to, I don't have the the capacity to, to do this or to do that. In yourself, in your own strength, in your own ability, that may be true. But what you're failing to recognize is that Christ is in you. Praise God. Christ is in you. And because Christ is in you, you have ability that you have never tapped into. You have might that you have never tapped into. Remember, Peter and John, they went up to the temple after the day of Pentecost. They went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there was a man sitting lame at the temple gate. And he was begging alms. And they said, you know, silver and gold we don't have. But we do have something. And what we have we're offering to you. And they took him by the hand and lifted him up and they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man rose up and he gained strength in his, in, in his uh, feet and ankles and he went leaping and, and, and uh, praising God, walking and leaping and praising God because what they had was the same thing Jesus had, was the same Spirit that empowered Jesus. Jesus went about healing because Holy Spirit was with him. Now, see, sometimes we think that Jesus just did these things because, well, he's the Son of God. He's, he, he was Jesus. I can't expect to do what Jesus did. Well, did you expect Jesus to lie to you? No, nobody expected Jesus to lie. Well, what did he say? He said, the works that I do shall you do also. He didn't lie to you. He said, the works that I do shall you do also. Do you believe him? That's the question. Do you believe him? If you believe him, then you should expect to do the works of Jesus. You should expect that the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus to do the miracles and the signs and wonders that he did, that same Holy Spirit empowers you. Yes. Praise God. Praise, you know, I have, I have never figured out why some people don't want to receive Holy Spirit. That, that just boggles my mind why you would not want to receive Holy Spirit. And... The, the, the closest explanation for that that I can come up with is maybe some people are afraid of Holy Spirit. But if you're afraid of Holy Spirit, then there's only one explanation for that, and that is that you have been fed a bill of lies that you have bought into that somehow Holy Spirit is gonna, he's gonna make you do stuff you don't want to do. He's gonna cause you to make a fool out of yourself. He's gonna cause you know, and, and uh, uh, somehow you bought into this lie that that he's gonna make you do stuff. No, he came to work with you. You know, see, here's the, here's the thing, the devil will try to force you to do stuff. Holy Spirit's not like that. Holy Spirit wants to empower you to do stuff. Praise God. Now, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 17 says that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Now, say this with me. Say, I'm wise because I have the spirit of wisdom. Now, that is dealing with, you know, this is how you walk in life. This is how you this is how you know how to progress and how to how to how to navigate this life that is before you. You know how to do this because you have been given the spirit of wisdom. Holy Spirit is wise. If you don't know what to do, anybody ever have a time you just didn't know what to do? I don't know what to do. You know, we've all been there at some time. But what you've got to learn to do is look down on the inside of you. And when you look down on the inside of you, the spirit of wisdom begins to rise up on the inside of you and gives you answers. Praise God. There are times, and we, this is a learning process. We have to learn to listen to him. We have to learn to follow him. Praise God. We have to learn to call on what he's put on the inside of us. The spirit of wisdom is in you. Now, notice what he said. He said that uh, um, he may give you the spirit of wisdom. And the next thing he says, and of revelation. Revelation. Then he says, in the knowledge of him revelation in the knowledge of him revelation in the knowledge of him he wants you to know him he wants to know that you have been joined to the lord he wants you to know that you have that you are in a union with the lord praise god now We don't expect. Too many times, too many times we don't expect that God's working with us. We we go into our life thinking we've got to do this on our own. We go into life thinking I gotta I I've got to know everything to do. I've got to know all the answers. I have to you know what happens to you when. When you face a situation you've never faced before, anybody ever experienced that there was just a calm that came over you and you knew that uh, you, you just knew everything was going to be all right because you just knew that, that you had a confidence that, that you knew what to do? You had a confidence that, and a peace that just came over. That's Holy Spirit rising up on the inside of you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, too many times we, we want to start arguing with the Holy Spirit, you know, because we, we think we know better. But I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit begins to give you answers... You need to start trusting what he's telling you. Start trusting what he's telling. If he said don't do that, don't do it. If he says go do this, then go do it. You know, I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about you're walking with your friend, Holy Spirit. And he he is the much wiser one in this relationship. And because you're walking with your friend, your friend nudges you in the right direction. He says, let's go over here. Let's go over there. Do that. Do this. Look for this. Watch out for that. And he's saying those things to us if we'll learn to listen to him because he is on the inside of you. I'm not talking about that you have to, you know, sometimes we think the only way Holy Spirit ever talks is, thus saith the Lord. He speaks King James English. And he says, thus, thus saith the Lord. And then we know it's the Holy Spirit. But that's not the the only way. I mean, sometimes he does say that. But that's not the only way he talks. It's not the only way he talks. Sometimes there is a witness on the inside of you that you know. I mean, do, let, me just, let me just say this. Your mind, when you, when you have an idea, does it come to you like thus saith your mind? <laughs> Nobody thinks like that, you know. Thus saith your, no, your mind doesn't, doesn't process things that way. You just have this thought that comes, you know, I, I love this, that it says that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So there is, There are thoughts that are going on, and there are intents of the heart that are going on. And you don't have to stop and think, Oh, was that the Holy Spirit? When you develop a relationship with Him and you begin to walk with Him, He just gives you thoughts and intents of the heart so that there is just a knowing, and you just do. Do you realize? This is why we don't need the law anymore? How many of you have understood that? This is why you don't need the law. Because you have the spirit and the spirit on the inside of you will lead you to do what the law says. Thou shalt not steal. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you instinctively says to you, you don't you don't hear these words rise, thou shalt not steal. No, you just don't steal because you have a relationship with him and you don't even think that way. Praise God. God. When it says, you know, you, you get real angry at somebody, well, you don't kill them, not because you hear "Thou shalt not kill," "Thou shalt not murder." Rising up, no, he doesn't talk to you that way. You just don't even consider doing that because that's because you have a relationship, and it is his. You have the mind of Christ. See, this is what 1 Corinthians, the second chapter says. We have the mind of Christ. Let's go there. I didn't intend to go there this morning, but let's go there. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He said, this is a level of wisdom which is beyond human comprehension. This is a level of wisdom that is beyond your natural way of thinking. But, he goes on and he says, but I has not seen, wasn't what you saw with your eye. It didn't come through the five physical senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. It didn't come through those five physical senses. But he says, I have not seen, nor have entered into the heart of man. It didn't get into your heart by the five physical senses. That's what he's telling us. He's not telling us you can't know these things. In fact, we'll prove here in just a couple verses that that's not what he's saying at all. He's not saying you can't know these things. He's saying they didn't come by the five physical senses. He said, these things did not come in that way, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual, judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Too many times we're, we're wanting to hear something from the outside saying, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And we're wanting to hear a word from the outside, but he's saying you have the mind of Christ. Your mind does not work like that. If you're hearing voices from the outside, you know, if it's not God's voice, then we got something to be concerned about here. You know. If, if you're hearing voices talking to you, that's, that's not the way the mind of Christ works. The mind of Christ works just like your mind, except it comes from the spirit instead of your head. And it comes to you like a, like a thought, like an idea. And you just know what to do. You just know how to walk. You just know how to function. Yes. Praise God. And, and you, the, the, the mind of Christ in you, if you'll learn to listen to what the mind of Christ in you is saying, you'll learn to love your enemies. Why? Because the mind of Christ in you loves your enemies. The, the mind that, that's how he thinks about your enemies. He didn't think about them being enemies. He thinks about them being a soul that Jesus died for. That's how he thinks. When, when he sees a person in need, he's not thinking about, how can I avoid this person? The mind of Christ in you is, how can I meet the need? You see, the mind of Christ... It, 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 like I said, this is, this is why we don't need the law anymore. You don't need a law to tell you what to do and what to not do when you have the mind of Christ in you. And, and, and I'll say this. You don't need a preacher to preach the law to you every Sunday morning. You need a preacher that will tell you you have the mind of Christ. And that he will teach you what to do. He will never, ever lead you to do something that is contrary to the word of God. Never. Praise God. You know, Jesus said that if you're angry with your brother without cause, you've committed murder already. In your heart, so you you you've already murdered him in your heart, but the mind of Christ on the inside of you doesn't say don't murder him, the mind of Christ on the inside of you loves him. You see when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and and he said uh, uh, You know, good master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Didn't know this guy, but Jesus looked at him and loved him. And when we begin to see our fellow man through the mind of Christ, through, through the love of Christ that is on the inside of us, we're not going to do him wrong. Praise God. So you don't need a law to tell you don't kill that guy. Don't steal from that guy. Don't take his stuff. Don't, you know, you don't need... a law to say don't do that. Now, I know I got kind of off track there a little bit, but I I mean, in a way, I got off track from my notes, but I didn't get off track from what the Spirit wanted to say. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, says, We see the rulers of this age uh, clarified here, he says, "For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places." Uh, and then let's go to First Corinthians chapter two, verse number seven. We are already, already read this. It says he, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us here. Um, that this is a hidden wisdom that was hidden from uh, the rulers of this world. And so sometimes we think that we can't know the mind of Christ because, it, you know, theref- it, it says, you know, that I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. But let me tell you, it had to be a secret up until a certain point. But those days are over. it's not a secret anymore. See here's the deal: If the devil had known what was going to happen when he nailed Jesus to the cross, says he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If he had understood what was about to take place, he didn't know see, Jesus was the embodiment of the anointing. He is called Jesus. Christ Or Jesus would be better said, the Christ. Jesus, the anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one. But then the Apostle Paul says, now you are the body of Christ. So let me paint a picture for you here. Jesus comes into this world anointed of Holy Spirit. And he is called Jesus The Christ. Jesus the anointed, how many? One. Jesus the anointed, one. There was one that was anointed by Holy Spirit. The entire uh, fullness of the Spirit rested upon Him, and He he had the, the anointing without measure. He had every spiritual gift operating in His life, he had the full, the full thing, all of it going on. But then Jesus, and I talked about this last week, he could be one place at one time, but the glory of the Lord was supposed to fill the earth. But because Jesus was limited to, a, a, to one physical body, He could be one place at one time. So when his friend Lazarus was sick, Jesus is away. So Lazarus dies because Jesus is not there. Mary and Martha, they said, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Well, he wasn't there. He could be one place at one time. But Jesus had a plan. this is what Jesus was saying. I wanted to tell you this, but you're not able to comprehend this yet. I am going to go back to heaven. It's going to be good for you that I go back to heaven because when I go back to heaven, then Father is going to send Holy Spirit in my name, and he's going to fill every one of you. Now, I like to refer to this as the devil's recurring nightmare because there's one guy that's, Anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and He is walking around wreaking havoc on the devil's kingdom. Yes. But then they they finally nail this guy to the cross. They nail Jesus to the cross. He dies, and the devil thinks he won. But what he didn't know, the part he wasn't able to. Had the devil known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If he had known what was about to happen, Jesus rose from the dead. And if that wasn't bad enough, 50 days later, there's not one, but there's 120. Because the Bible refers to Jesus as, as being the seed that's planted in the earth seed' that's planted in, when a seed's planted in the earth you don't expect to just get one back. Why are you going to garden? Just go ahead and eat the one but you you know you expect to get multiple of the same thing back not, not now get this not a different kind, not a different species not a you know if if you plant corn, you expect to get corn back not a different variety of corn you expect to get exactly the same thing as what you planted God planted his son Jesus in the earth and when he rose again from the dead praise God then the spirit came on the day of Pentecost and there was a hundred and twenty that got born again Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren but not the last. And it's still happening today. And the devil thought, I mean, his worst nightmare was Jesus. But that got a whole lot worse. And every day now it happens again. It happens over and over and over and over. The devil's worst nightmare. You, you won't give the devil a headache? Go lead somebody to Jesus and there's another one. Praise God. Because the same spirit that empowered him, that rested upon him, that anointed him and empowered him to do good and heal all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Now that same spirit is with you. Praise God. And he is empowering you and he works with you just like he worked with Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I call it the devil's recurring nightmare because every time, every single night, he has the same nightmare. Anybody ever seen Groundhog Day? Well, for the devil, every day is Groundhog Day. Yeah. Happens over and over and over and over again. Praise God. And then, see, then it even gets worse every time one of you realizes what you have. Yes. Every time one of you figures out that I can do the works of Jesus, yeah. it, get, it, it all just gets worse again. Praise God. Praise God. And this is, this, is why, this is what I wanted us to know. This is why I wrote this book, because I wanted you to know you are in a partnership with the Holy Spirit. This is not a religious exercise or a religious practice. This is a partnership with God, the Holy Spirit. Now, as long as we think that Holy Spirit is, well, you know, you ask a lot of Christians, what's Holy Spirit? Oh, that's speaking with tongues. As long as you think that's what the Holy Spirit is, the devil's okay with that because that won't cause him much trouble. Now, when you realize that this is the same Spirit that anointed Jesus, when you, when you realize that this infilling of Holy Spirit, this anointing of Holy Spirit makes me just like Jesus, Praise God. What? What's he going to do? What's he go, Why are we afraid of the devil? Uh, let me just let me just ask. Why are we afraid of him? He is a defeated foe. Jesus defeated him. When he rose from the dead and every day he reminds him he is defeated, every day he, go, he is buried a little bit deeper, why are we worried about this devil? The only weapon he has is deception. And if he can't deceive you, this is why it's so important that you learn the truth of God's word. Because when you learn God's word, you can no longer be deceived. He can no longer uh, mess with you because you know who you are. You know what you have. You know what you can do. Praise God. This is why it's so vital that we get a hold of this. Yeah. Praise, Praise God. God. This is not just, "Oh I speak with tongues." Right. No, that's only a, a little part right. of what Holy Spirit has come to do in your life. Yeah. Praise, God. Praise God. Jesus, the firstborn. Among many brethren. Now. Here's what the. Apostle Paul. Wrote. He's you know. the Christ means the anointed. Says now you are the body. Of Christ. You are the embodiment. Of the anointing. I want you to start thinking of it like that. Well we're the body of Christ. We are the embodiment. Of of the anointing Jesus was the embodiment of the anointing but the purpose of an anointing is to to loose chains and break yokes Jesus went back to heaven there are no yokes or chains in heaven so he left the anointing here he left it here because this is where the yokes and the chains are So he left the anointing here. He went back to heaven. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he administrates the church. Which is his body. He is the head. We are the body. He administrates the church from his seat at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. But now... You are the embodiment of the anointing. So the anointing in you is what breaks the chains, is what looses the the yokes, the anointing that is in you. You are the embodiment. Praise God. Praise God. Now, John chapter chapter 3. It says, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. But of us, the scripture says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. See, he was all the members, but now, see, here, if we want, if we want this to work the way it's supposed to work we got to remember we are members individually. Him was the Spirit without measure, but now you have been given a measure of Christ's gift. And so we don't have the full ministry of Jesus until we start functioning together. Praise God. Do Do you get that? you got a part, I've got a part, somebody else has a part. There was a song that came out back in the, goodness, must have been the early 80s. Yeah, you know how old I am. But it said, no one of us have it all together, but all of us together have it all. So when we learn to function together, once again, The ministry of Jesus is duplicated in the earth. Praise God. I put my part with your part and everybody else's part and we come together and we begin to flow together. It's not about, you know, uh, it's not about me and what I do, it's about we. We are the body of Christ. Praise God. For the body is not one member, but many. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 says, But to each one of us is uh, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. It takes all of us functioning together to duplicate the ministry of Jesus. Now the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. The anointing in you is the hope of glory. Praise God. Praise God. Encourage you today. The Apostle Paul prayed that they be filled with the fullness of God. In other words, he prayed that they would know what they're filled with. Praise God. Today, you and I, you and I. members of the body, you have a part to supply. Praise God. You have a part to supply. If you've never been born again, see, it's, it's my desire today that we give the devil nightmare again. going to do that in just a moment. I want us to worship the Lord for just a little bit. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. We're going to give you an opportunity to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. We're going to minister healing to those in need of healing today. Praise God. Let's worship just a minute.